watching Prohibition fall down. All right, hanging out for the grill talk. How's it growing, Scotty? Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, it's going great, man. It's going absolutely great. Okay, I'll take it like it. How What's are that? you, dude? How are you? I'm just chilling with the scissors, man. All right, I just got... You know how as a grower, you steal the wife's scissors and I get resentful? Yeah. So she started buying scissors that are completely useless to me. Like, I don't know what this one does, man. Does Any that idea? scissor have like a little cup on one end for some, like a ball maybe? At least I'm this getting one's worried. really fun to look at. This is like, without my glasses, this thing's like, I don't know, it's fucking awesome. That's when you got to be careful of buying too many specific gadgets or tools for things. I see that if, uh, if guy friends like that, like, I don't care if it's a tool I need, only if I'm in, I need to use it once, I'm just going to go buy it. Like, so many people have a lot of stuff. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? No, these are herb scissors, I've been told, man, which I guess if you're like chopping up parsley, kind of cool, I guess. Uh, will I ever use them? No. No, no we'll just go put them in the counter with the bread maker and the juicer and all that stuff. All right, this is Grow Talk. <laughs> Show rundown today, grower questions off dudegrows.com. Uh, got a dank nug of a Purple Queen by Easy Burn 420. Wilted plant immediately after watering. My liter of cola. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah, I need a little, I have an idea on that. I need a little help, though. Learning, learning in public with the DGC. Uh, next one is this, what I think it is, by Wilbur Wigglers. And yes. we have a <clears throat> grow hack here, resell clone shippers by James. I'm going to go with Echelon. 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 Like Echelon. And then High Runoff man. by Turd Fergie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> High pH, that is. What's going on in my grow? And before I get into it, we're going to talk about joining the DGC, Scotty. All right. Uh, guys, listen to our produce show here. Go over to dogrows.com forward slash support. If you want to join the DGC, support this show, $10 a month, and uh, you'll get the welcome message with the link to the uh, dudegrows.com private members page where all the benefits are listed very cleanly for you. Everything from signing up to get your goodie bag, the stickers are in. Guys, the goodie bags are being filled. Be patient. Uh, we're just about to send out about 500 of those things, I believe, uh, as well as 30% off Real Growers Recharge, free seeds from Seeds Here Now, Best Coast Genetics kicking and the good the good merch packs the good dgc hookups on patreon this month show this baby two of these hats the new dgc hat scouts which those are selling like crazy dude yeah we're gonna have to make more hats soon. have any but those are awesome now the question is do you make more of the same hats or is it better to have just continuous variations Jeez. always changing up what do you think we are hat designers over here i'm happy we got <laughs> three good ones out if you guys want to win the DGC hookup that we've been doing every month, just when you're logged in over there supporting the show on Patreon, go to the latest grower, or I'm calling them DGC hookup post now. Make a comment and you're entered to win for the 21st of December. We'll announce the, the, the giveaway. Also in that pack, you don't see it's going to be eight ounce of recharge, DGC lanyard, high functioning stoner card, and a few other goodies. Whatever we can find around the bakery that we need to you know, do a little Christmas cleaning on. Yes. High functioning stoner card. Don't forget, you put your weed in them. Dudegrows.com forward slash support. Or you give it to, which I've done being out and about. Like you're whacked up, you know, decent, whatever, over $100, nice dinner or something. And they bring like the little, I don't know if they still do it there, where they bring the little thing you can put your card in. Sure. Uh, here, they always bring the credit card machine to the table. And then just let them take the high-functioning soda card and see, see how they react with that. Yeah, have like four grams of shatter in it. And then like... <laughs> 
It's all good, yes. man. It's all good. <laughs> Put some goodies in there for sure. Hey, dude, one other thing with regards to the patrons. Banner has been in quarantine. His whole family actually got COVID and they're all okay. Thank God it was the real mild version where uh, not much really happened to him. But they're all quarantining for 10 days or so. And he has been working on all sorts of patron content, I guess, as far as he's got Banner and the Black Dog, which is all these kind of different questions that he asks and gets all sorts of we get all sorts of comments on uh yeah there's just a bunch of content going out there as a patron i am i am a patron two times i guess i was testing the system a couple times <laughs> but uh, i've been getting all sorts of notifications of good stuff going on there so real good content don't forget about the exclusive content and everybody on the discord server growers helping growers over there I heard a lot of good things about that so shout, shout out, out to bones man hung out with bones a couple days ago Coach Steve, it's tough. I try to get on there. And by the time I look at the chats, it's like 100 chats, whatever, ago. I have a hard time figuring that Discord out. All right. I'm going to take it over to, uh, I guess we should get an update on Guru. How, how are you, is your taste your taste kicking back in? Everything's coming back around full force or what? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I thought it was starting to come back. It's not really coming back that much so far um still having trouble i can't distinguish any weeds or dabs apart from each other uh food it's hit or miss sometimes i'll get like a little hint of hint of something but most of the time it's still just like textures and stuff but We're no, not other, no other symptoms whatsoever at all which is cool it's probably just karma for giving back or uh, covid no yeah oh <laughs> too soon all right, I'm going to take it over to the Dank Nug. Uh, Purple Queen, this is Easy Burn 420. I do hope you get everything back soon, Guru. My, I, I feel you, for you. Thank you. That sucks, brother. Uh, so I'm loving this particular strain, 100%. Whoa, nice picture here. 100% indica, earthy, dark, and pungent. Grown under HLG 550 R-Spec V2. Ramo Nutrients. This strain also won a spot in the 2021 Ramo Nutrients calendar. Check out November. Yes, congratulations, yo. That is beautiful. Uh, I just got the calendar contest. Dude, why don't we have our calendar yet? Come on. We should get a calendar together, you know? A lot of things we should do, all right? Is it a a tough time to feature flower and women? They don't have to be, like, you know, in swimsuits or whatever. Just maybe some female gardeners, different styles. Is that okay? I don't think anymore, dude. I don't think anymore. (laughs) And that's why we don't have a calendar. I got to get myself a calendar. Apparently, I'll have to reach out to Ramo over there. Shout out to Ramo Nutrients and this sick ass purple flower, man. Right on Easy Burn 420. Beautiful. Hmm. Wow, that is so purple. Nice flush in it. Really nice. All right, let's take it into grower talk here. These are grower questions off dudegrows.com. Anybody can post over there. Just go over and log in, make a post. You're good to go. Enjoy the community. Use the search bar at dudegrows.com. Even if you're not going to post, check out the site, man. There's so much shit that is good shit has accumulated over the years. Um, there's been so many variations of that site as well. Dudegrows.com used to be one page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Banner's been huge on that too. Got the connection. I remember I'm so simplistic. Scotty would be like, dude, got to like expand the site a little. I'm like, nope, one page and an audio show. Okay. <laughs> Man, that's the content right there. I got no problem with it. All right. This is wilted plant immediately after feeding by liter of cola. Ooh, it says, hello, yeah. DDC. I've watched. 
have watched a blue venom plant wilt severely in the past couple of days and actually removed a couple leaves with beginning phases of chlorosis today. Leaves started curling out and rolling instead of folding in like it would with light stress. While concerned about this problem, I just fed another plant, G13, today in my garden, and it immediately started to wilt and exhibit the same sign as the blue venom plant. The nutrient feeding schedule has not changed much, and I follow the feeding uh, plan provided. pH is good. Temp and humidity is good. Airflow and lights are good. Environment's basically sounding good. It looks a lot like overwatering, but I don't believe that is the problem given the number of factors that would potentially eliminate that theory. The plants are doing very well up until this point. Anyone have this happen before? Thanks. And, and an update. Also, I flushed the plant today, and it looks better, or at least trying to. I took pictures after the flush. The first few pics are blue venom, and the last picture is G13. I watered a day and started to wilt. That is frustrating as hell. It is. It is. So the first thing he's a you know experienced grower here, overwatering. It has those very similar symptoms to that. Um, yeah, and you know what else has symptoms to that is getting some kind of root rot, some kind of pythium or pythium, however which, you say it. Which, when people kill plants from overwatering. A lot of the times it's Pythium or Hippothera that, that's doing it where like overwatering it is making the soil be a hospitable condition for uh, one of those root, root rots. But he might not be overwatering, but that, that would be one thing to certainly think. And the uh, rule of thumb on that is uh, you wait till it's 50% of the saturated weight to water again. Uh, water, maybe, I don't know. Salt, I don't see any. Yeah, but leader of coal is saying... Cloth pots don't seem heavy down in the comments here, and the bottoms are pretty much dry. The medium is a Mother Earth Terra Craft with no added perlite or cocoa for drainage. Um, after watching the G13 wilt right after feeding today, I figured it had to be rejecting the nutrients. She just loved them to this point, so would the immediate rejection is breaking my heart. She won't even answer my calls. <laughs> <laughs> is there any other it's fucked up any, other than overwatering you said okay well root rot's going to be caused by overwatering no that is something What's else so, yeah. so just the general concept of what's happening when i say overwatering it's choking out the roots and they're not getting enough oxygen for them to be able to function or function well um there's a couple different things that can cause that one can just be you're watering in too much water um, that will make it to where it, it's very easy for those uh, pores on the roots to not be able to take in it in any of the oxygen that's in the soil. Another would be you have a really compact soil that is blocking oxygen and air from being able to get into it. And I don't know that that uh, the soil that is using off the top of my head, I haven't uh, any experience with it, but I'm suspecting that maybe that's a really tight soil and it's making it to where when you do water, it is essentially overwatering it because it's so tight and compact that it's not able to get any air into there. All right. Know. Yeah. I mean, I certainly could be. What can, What is the name of the soil again? It's actually a TerraCraft potting soil. I just magically Googled it that quick. <laughs> a TerraCraft. Uh, Are we it's on got peat moss, term? perlite, forest products, earthworm castings, all to give your plants the foundation they need to flourish, Scotty. Wow, that seems really like a homemade... <laughs> It's all the bag is so fucking earthy. <laughs> Me and Guru are looking at it, and it is uh, a Hawthorne gardening product. Interesting. That's a cool looking tree there. He looks pretty, pretty, pretty happy or scary happy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that's the problem there. I, I did want to give an update in the comments here. It says uh, Leader Cola says she just came back to life with full force after flushing. It took about six to seven hours. I knew she loved me. 
Still don't know what that was all about. So it sounds like he's recovered. Wow. So um, after flushing, it definitely couldn't be a a watering overwatering situation because overwatering flushing would make it even worse. Coach, we don't Steve know the the amount of time between uh, the last watering that it got and this uh, flush. Or so this looks like classic overwatering to me. Um, or Coach the soil's compacted doing here. the same essential thing as overwatering. Uh, Coach Steve had a good comment. When a plant wilts immediately after watering, it is because oxygen levels have plummeted in the root zone. It is more likely to happen from soil compaction or lack of aeration. They recover once air can move through the media again. Soil compaction happens naturally in potted plants from the roots repeatedly pulling water, wet, dry cycles, because there are no worms to aerate. Soil compaction can cause runoff without fully saturating the soil and lead to more problems. When watering, you should hear a snap, crackle, pop sound as air moves to the surface. I'm not going to go that far that I always hear that, but I know what he's talking about. Yeah, smoke two joints, listen for that snap, crackle, pop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the comments, guys. Coach Steve, Turpy Bacon, Burner Herzog. What's up? Sticky Three I Fingers, Chad Westport. All right. Very cool. Chad Westport has been coming on strong with great knowledge. Appreciate you, brother. All right, we had a good uh, comment here. This is uh, reclining with Riven. I've been talking about, which I have what's going on in my grow, um, dealing with grow tents and getting environment dialed. And he made a comment here, which I liked. It says, always looking for the homeostasis. Homeostasis. You need that on the TerraCraft, bro. <laughs> the homeo- no, it just means in balance. It means everything's in balance. Kind of like synergy. Mm, kind of like when your body's working awesome, you know, you're just in this right. this homeostasis, you know, everything's healthy, everything's working, you're burning. Turning you're in burning. a synergetic homeostasis state. I dig it, man. Terrible. Okay, says, you're right, dude. When it's dialed in, it's dialed in. I just put a combo AC heat slash dehumidification unit in my 4x4 tent along with the humidifier. Yesterday, the outside of the room stayed at 72 Fahrenheit. 50% relative humidity and inside the tent, 80% Fahrenheit and 60% humidity, which is pretty damn nice. The combo unit ran twice a day with so many variables, air intake, exhaust, air, light, heat, temp, humidity, fan movement, size of plants, outside influences of temp and humidity, etc. It's a difficult task, but when it happens, it's awesome. Oh my God. That sounds overwhelming. I'm confused on this though. Uh, Riven, have you put the uh, air conditioner or dehumidifying unit inside the four by four? Just it says that in the way it's worded. I uh-huh. think it's it's just not worded great. That just from the st- the stats he says, where it's seventy two and fifty percent humidity outside right. of the tent and inside that it's eighty and sixty. It sounds like he's conditioning that room as like a lung room and then running the air through there and trying to keep that like. I'm assuming he's running LEDs. Keep that 80-degree uh, mark on there. Yeah, that's what I would think because I don't want to keep equipment. Equipment makes heat. I don't want to put any equipment inside a tent. I run my dehumidifier in my tent. I know it makes a little heat, but maybe a couple degrees um, if needed. But we're, this time of year, it's, it's fine because my tent's going to be in the garage, so it chills out and it works well. All right. <clears throat> Yes, we'll sir. see. We'll see. We'll get into that and what's going on in my grow. Question two: Is that what I think it is by Wilbur, Wilbur Wigglers? Yeah, sucks. Really, I hate these questions because I'm just like, uh, yes, it is. Yes. It what's is. up, DDC? I noticed powdery mildew-looking substance on my plants. It looks like baking soda, and it's only close to the bud on leaves of trichomes. You're like, oh, great. Like I says, the powdery look, uh, powdery mildew-looking substance. Yikes. 
I have attached the pictures. The plan is in week six of flower. Thanks for the help. Yowie. So that's it does look like PM creeping up on yeah. those sugar leaves. Yeah. So it's going to be tough. Once those spores are around your garden, that's going to be tough to control in flowering. So this late in flowering, um, we're going to treat this as a learning experience. <laughs> uh, just because at, at that late in flower, there's not really anything you're going to be able to do to stop that infection. It is pretty much on everywhere in the plant right now. Um, e even if it's not being symptomatic, it is spread throughout that room. Um, let's talk edibles. Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, make edibles out of, if you're not an immune compromised person, um, that would be the only reason you should avoid that entirely. What do you mean? You're cooking with them. Yeah. But I mean, there's, st there's still out, particles know? of the, of the, <laughs> the hypha or the, from the powdered mildew in there. Right. Right. Um, probably going to want to start, I'm. Doing some preventative stuff in vegetative growing and early flower to kind of stack the cards in your favor to prevent this from happening late in flower. <coughs> yeah, these are this isn't too late in flower, man. I might hit them with. Uh, have you you've used the ATAC, right, dude? Yeah, uh, to get a little iry there. Um, basically, week six. This doesn't. I mean, this isn't. It doesn't look great, but it's not like the plant is covered. The leaves are covered. First thing you can do is like a spot treatment and see how, because if you only have two weeks left, maybe you get two more weeks out of this. Flowers don't look too big. I'm not familiar with what strain you have. Um, but I limped by the last, I don't know if it was two weeks or 10 days when I had spot, little tiny spots of powdered mildew wanting to creep up by my flower. Every three days, I used a combination, two things. I did use ATAC, A-T-A-K from Optic Foliar because it has the very, the slightest, I know it sounds bad, uh, copper sulfate in it. Uh, did not mess with my flowers at all. I did not. I'd scope them out. Like I'd use it, and I'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna look at my trichomes next day. I'm really gonna look in the flower to make sure I can t give this recommendation." Um, that helped. An alteration with you can do this as much as you want, as long as it doesn't change the environment in your garden too much. The pH water I bought from the health food store, the alkaline water at nine nine point five. Um, that it will. I don't want to. I don't want to say if it kills what's on there. It makes the surface harder for the mold to proliferate. Right. So it doesn't just, want it. just to clarify, that water that you're getting at the health food store right. is not uh, regular water with pH up or pH down added to it to get no. into that pH. It's Keegan Kagan water or electrically oxidized water, where they've run electrolysis through it to get enough free hydrogen to change the pH of the water. Um, that stuff can work really well as a preventative for fungal pathogens on plants and everything. Um, the only thing that needs a little bit more research is its effect on cannabis flowers and trichomes and potential oxidation of trichomes um, that can lead to some degradation. Now, if your trichomes oxidize, you can always, like I said, if you're scoping out everything with a 30 times scope and your trichome heads and all this shit looks good after trying out this path then you're good to go right. right that'd be the way to check it well no th this isn't more i mean i'm pretty analytical with everything this isn't more of like a visually looking at it and see if they're okay i want to see test results showing that uh, oh. there's no discernible difference between it something that was sprayed and something that wasn't sprayed so i, I a little dude, bit man. more than the anecdotal evidence i'd like to see uh concrete evidence of everything dude it looked cool what, when I did that procedure? <laughs> yeah. If the PM, keep it in mind, it was stringent. Like every three days, it's going to want to come back. It's in the plant. You want to make sure it definitely doesn't go and get into your flowers. So, yeah, I didn't have um, – it's a pain in the ass. It definitely ups your labor depending on the size of your garden. 
And being that he's, and if this happened earlier in flower, I probably would choose not to try and ride it out. Um, but if you're diligent with it, you could probably get to harvest all right and just make sure you're checking everything out. And you don't get out any flower um, into the market with PM on it for sure. Right. Don't smoke your PM flower either. It is bad for you to smoke things. I do believe when you cook it at me personally, I wouldn't freak out about that. I'm not immunocompromised. Yeah. Do you like cucumbers? I like the guy I, I that guess says actually cucumber. you're the wrong person to ask. Oh, dude, do you like cucumbers? Sorry, we have some construction going on in the studio. Yes, no, you don't say. He's uh, been stealthy as a motherfucker, though. If you like, if you like cucumbers, no one's answered me. I'm just going to assume someone likes cucumbers. They're almost always covered in powdery mildew. Uh, cucumber is one of the one of the plants that powdery mildew will attack first. I do Pumpkin remember that. Leaves, from- squash leaves, typically. Yep. yep, yep. Anything in that family. Um, but I ain't smoking them. You had to give a shout out here to Chad Westport. He had a great comment. Um, he says things that contribute to PM: lack of airflow in the tent, very leafy and non-defoliated plants, um, which creates the microclimate, so warm, moist air in between leaves. Yep. High humidity. Humidity swings from day to night or over ten percent. But what surprises me, some people, is even if your humidity is at fifty percent, powdery mildew is still possible. Um, spores are basically floating around everywhere. It just needs a chance to land and infect your plant, stressed or weak plants, he's saying. So keep that in mind at the end, stressed or weak plants. Just like when we talked in Wake and Bake America, um, you're in charge of your own health care uh, as far as, I should say, health. But stressed or weak plants, man, everything from insects to powder, powdered mildew, they'll just they'll take advantage. It's true. It's true. Nature preys on the weak. I don't fully agree in, with some of the humidity swing. People say high humidity swings to low humidity swings. Um, uh, can be contributing factor to powdery mildew. And I don't know what, how to handle it for me. It, it can be a huge contributing factor. So what's up with my grow then? Educate me because, okay, I, I have to maintain my VPD and my vegetative growth right now. My humidity is up above 70%. Sure. So, right? so hold on. First off, you're maintaining your VPD during the day or you're maintaining your VPD during the night? During the day, during the night, I take my humidity down to below, It's I think it's between 45 to 50. It's a huge swing. Do you take it down following the VPT chart for the humidity that you should be having at nighttime there for that temperature that you're running at nighttime? You know, I did not check what that should be. I just, my, my old grower in me is like at nighttime, bring your humidity down. Well, no, because like the, the Holy grail of grow room controllers, um, is dynamic humidity controlling through day and night. Um, which is kind of hard to find on the market right now, um, where your controller is able to know that situations are about to change and kind of get ready for the humidity swing that's about to happen so that it doesn't happen. Um, kind of hard to do uh, even like hodgepodging controllers together because it is a dynamic control. But that is something that like you would want to potentially have so that you don't have that uh, okay. humidity. It took me long enough to night. like – VPD for the day. Now I got to learn it for the night. And then there's no way. I mean, the average grower is getting a nighttime VPD controller type situation. I'm no. just telling you, I haven't had. Just, just watch the humidity swings. I'm telling you, man, I have papers. I have papers. That's that's fine. I have not had <laughs> I issues. Read, remember, I read with the article temperature about or humidity it. swings as a grower for years. Right. For my whole Colorado growing career. And that's just me, though. So. Right. That's the bro science. I'm not saying the other shit isn't right, but I'll read your papers later. I'm <laughs> just kidding. These really aren't papers, dude. It's just <laughs> an empty manila envelope. Uh, okay, so let's think of this. So 
I guess the idea is what do we do for next time? How do you sterilize the grow room when these spores are everywhere? You can either use like ozonated water, a Kagan water if you have an EO water generator, or you bleach at like that. two glugs per gallon of water. Um, use the just what, even chlorine bleach. dioxide. You can spray bleach, right? Yeah, you can spray bleach. <laughs> chlorine dioxide is a really cool gaseous one that's used in like <laughs> professional. Uh, I mean, it's actually way safer than you think. Used in professional home renovations. Um, oh, I know they're, when they're trying to clear out molds in hard to reach places. Yeah. Chlorine dioxide works awesome. It literally turns to salt after it's done. Yep. So like there, there are definitely some cool uh, preventative options for when you have your room torn down to sterilize and clean everything and then stuff to be able to use on vegetative and early flowering plants too. All right. But sterilize that room. Uh, sterilize everything. Maybe throw out those scissors. Get some of these scissors. Hey, and if you have a room that powdery mildew is a big problem in, find stuff that is resistant to powdery mildew. There are plenty of strains and breeders that are working to have powdery mildew resistant strains out there. Not that hard to find. Homegrown natural wonders. A lot of those Pacific Northwest strains are fairly powdery mildew. Resistant. Grow healthy plants. Yep. And, Strong, and plants. Uh, an easy way to do that is to grow a plant that is resistant to powdery mildew because then it's already kind of healthy and can deal with that. Silica. Be- I do like loading up my plants with silica. I think that helps. Most definitely yeah. helps. Increases the uh, thickness and strength of the cell wall of the plant or the cell walls throughout the plant so that it's harder for a fungal infection to actually take hold and get in there. And this show is just for entertainment purposes only, not for growing fully. When I, when you guys listen to me talking about my growth style, swinging my, my humidity and my temps, I mean, it's cause it's working for me. Doesn't necessarily mean if another grower did, they might have an issue. So. Sure. I think it's for entertainment, but to give good grow advice as well. So I'm going to, you know, that's that what works. I'm trying to do, sir. Just the places I've seen, I think I say a whole cabinet full of stuff at like a gas station right by the border on the United States side before you go into Canada. And I said it one other time on the show, but it's the most oddest thing from everything from like um, there's a 400 watt HPS bulb in this case. I'm like, what the <laughs> yes. hell is this in here for? Right I'm not going you go over the border. Oh, down to all kinds of crazy shit. Anyway, what's <laughs> up so before I shout out? This is where I would be shouting out to real growers, Recharge. You got to recharge it up. Magic Microbes, you found a cool article here. This was a cool You know what? The the impetus, is that the right word? I don't know. The inspiration to this was a comment. <laughs> I was checking out the comments and somebody said, hey, okay. I noticed you have trichoderma in Recharge. I thought, trichoderma, you know, I'm a mushroom cultivator and we, we uh, think of trichoderma as bad. And because trichoderma is a fungi, uh, mushrooms are fungi spores or fungal spores. You're trying to get the fungal spores of a mushroom to grow. And the trichoderma is really aggressive. It'll way outgrow that stuff and just stop them mushrooms in their tracks. So I can understand that. But trichoderma is one of those things. I've actually learned about it through the years because Recharge has trichoderma in there. And there are some really huge benefits to it. So I thought maybe just for Recharge It Up for Magic Microbes, we talk a little bit about it, learn a little bit about it. And uh, I found this peer-reviewed white paper from... APS journals. Yeah, I don't know. American Plant Society. It's from a journal, damn it. Anyway, and it just talks about, here's here's me and Guru how to decode this. So uh, root exudates of stress plants stimulate and attract trichoderma soil fungi. 
And this was just really cool. It talked about all the, the benefits they found of like disease suppression. I don't know if we can, Guru, please scroll down on this article because it was really interesting. Even the abstract on an article like this, all I can get through is the abstract, but hang on. It says plant roots release complex mixtures, mixtures of bioactive molecules, including compounds that affect the activity and modify the composition of the rhizosphere microbiome. So it's just saying we talk about those exudates that a plant makes. It's not just one sugar. It makes these different foods for different microbes. And it's it's really an amazing ability. And some of they're finding out like the last couple of years, ability of the plant to uh, control and change the microbial consortia that is around it. So, so that's the makeup and proportion of the microbes and fungi that are around it. Yep. It can change those. If it's under certain stresses, it can release certain exudates in the absence of these microbes to try and draw them in to help it fight off whatever infection or stressor it is dealing with, which is fucking awesome. Is like like they, they, are, they are controlling the environment of the rhizosphere and the soil around themselves to get certain microbes to show up if they need them. Homeostasis. Yep, getting that homeostasis <laughs> in there. It's a cool word, man. Anyway, this was really cool because it talks about what happens when you introduce uh, Trichoderma hazarium. And this, there's a strain T22. Remember I said that there was all these different strains. And grew scroll up for me. There was pretty, just in the abstract. That's all I wanted to do. But How many spores per millimeter did they inoculate with? <laughs> you breaking my stones, dude? Millions. We found that root exudates obtained from plants grown in a split root system. And I don't know what that means. I got to be honest with you. And exposed various biotic and abiotic stresses biotic abiotic guru uh biotic is going to be if it has anything like a living thing does it so be it a micro a pathogenic microbe getting on there and a deer walking by and eating a piece off the plant that's a biotic factor abiotic factors are like the wind blowing or how much it's rained over the last okay. month or so so it's just saying all of that root exudates uh from a plant uh Exposed to various stresses. Basically, oh, the stresses are wounds. So that would be like super cropping for me. Uh, salt stress, which is overfeeding. Drought stress. Yep. Pathogen attacks, which is root rot. Uh, but all under all those stresses, the ones treated with this uh, Trichoderma hazarium were able to stimulate the growth and act as chemo attractants of the biocontrol fungus. So remember, we're like they act as a biocontrol and what that is, is they really attract these other living organisms that I mean, protect the plant root. It, the, and one of the really cool things is that the, the plant, it, when it makes exudates, it makes certain exudates for certain microbial populations that it's trying to uh, influence to be uh, in greater numbers around itself. Or for certain uh, biotic or abiotic stresses, it will make certain exudates to get the certain microbe that is able to help with that stress, which is- I do that like with different colognes, see who I'm trying to get on, you know? Ah, I see, I see your, I like your vibe, dude. I like your style. <laughs> Actually, I hate cologne, so I'm good. Not English uh, leather? That's what I was gonna buy for you for uh, Christmas, was the English leather gift pack. So you actually, I like to put terpenes on my skin, but they're pretty expensive. So you were saying earlier, um, that, okay, so the trichoderma in the soil actually can attract different types of soil fungi? No, it is a fungi. I guess it attracts uh, a, 
I don't know, microbes, I guess. No, it, it makes some kind of a biocontrol fungicide is what it does. Because the main thing as a group for me, this always came to me working hydro shops. Question, main question with trichoderma would be, is it too aggressive? People would be worried that it's taking advantage of other things that are in their soil they want to keep there. Right. I can, man, take a look. Take a look at the results. Or in, in nature, um, it's not normally like one thing, well, unless we're talking about humans, like one thing overtakes its environment and like tries to take control of everything. Uh, generally, things kind of work out in a balance. So, no, it's not going to outcompete everything and be the only thing that's in the soil. It's going to work to an equilibrium with the other uh, microbiology that's in the soil. But think about what you're trying to do is decompose some organic material and get it into the plant. Yeah, give Sounds me the like one hell of a tool. Give me the thing that decomposes wax canvas in like a day. I'll, <laughs> now, I'll take, I'll take that. Said, some growers might think I don't have much organic material in my soil, but that is not true because no matter what you're growing in, you're going to have organic material oh, yeah. um, from dead roots. Peat and roots. Go ahead. Peat's organic. Well, and then even not just that, in hydroponics, microbes are still important too because they're able to operate in high salinity environments and still have that symbiotic relationship with the plant roots. Yeah, I think about it every time I cheat and use hot water to cook with. I'm like, ah, it won't bother me. I think about those microbes that just live in hot water and you can't kill them. All right. That's just they're scary. They're harmless, okay? <laughs> Because I always, feel, you know, as uh, just six cents or whatever, it's like, okay, if I boil something, it's it's probably going to kill everything that's going to hurt me. Yeah. Except for the uh, microbes not. that live in the volcanoes. All right. Well, <laughs> if you want to get any microbes up in your soil, up in your rhizosphere, your growth system, to grow some fabulous dank, uh, realgrowers.com, coupon code DUDE, hook up on the recharge. If you're a Canadian grower, rechargecanada.ca. We'll hook you up as well. Check it out. A lot of information on dudegrows.com. Just search Recharge and realgrowers.com. You got some good, even got, do you still have the simple, uh, the simple um, animated video up? The very basic? I you believe see, like, I do. I don't think we can get rid of that thing. Right? It took me like 40 <laughs> freaking hours to make that. All right. We're keeping it. Check it out. Realgrowers.com, guys. All right. We've got a grow hack here. Yes, sir. Hang on. You just got me thinking about how you put something up on the internet in like 2007 and it just stays up forever. Maybe that was 2011. But uh, things just stay up forever. You'll never lose them once they go up on the internet. I know there's a lot of people that regret some of the things that they put up. Yes, they do. <laughs> All right. Three cell clone shippers posted by James. You say echelon. I think it's classy. That's, that, is, that is the word echelon. I think that's classy. Looking at the, I pulled this one because like, holy shit, these are the exact shippers that Super Lemonade sent out uh, the cut, cuts in here. It says an easy and discreet way to send clones. No more improvisation. Just pop your clones in, turn on the LED, seal the clone shipper and drop it into a self-sealing tear resistant security bag. Four dollars, please push shipping. So I'll give you a shout out. He says message me on Instagram at what do I say that there is that's not in, it's ethereal ethereal. Ethereal, man. That's like a ghost. Ghosts are ethereal. Okay, ethereal underscore symbiotic. Ghosts are ethereal. Can we explain? We want to learn in public. I need to help my vocabulary. You're going to use that a lot too, man. So let's get this one. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll get you dialed in. Uh, I just thought these were cool, man. Great way to send uh, clones and have them secure in this little cozy chamber. Uh, that the rooting plugs fit in and protect your plants. I like it. Very cool. It's a it makes me wonderful. Came from like a different industry. I'm trying to think what else might have this been for, but I can't put a finger on anything. Right. Any ideas? 
Here, here, I actually got the definition of ethereal for you uh, so you can improve your vocabulary. It's extremely delicate and light in a way that seems too perfect for this world. Oh, that is so sweet. And that's what ghosts are. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of too perfect for this world. Okay. Um, it's like that take it. Doss guy. I should get it, but I don't. But let's do another uh, question. Grower question. Hi, Runoff PH. All right, by Turd Fergie. What's up? <laughs> nice. I always wonder what happened to Fergie. She turned into a big turd. Hello, DTC. I'm on my third grow six weeks into flower. I'm growing in a 50-50 cocoa soil mix. I've been adjusting my pH of my nutrient solution to 6.5 like you would in soil. I just started checking runoff and it's coming out 7.3 on the pH scale. The plants are showing almost no signs of a problem except a couple of leaves at the top that look like they have a mag deficiency. I'm at six weeks into flower. Should I water with a lower pH, like 6.0 instead of 6.5 from now on, or continue with what I'm doing since I'm weeks away from harvest? All is well. I would do nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not the, uh, I don't know, coming out at 7.3 is a little hot, man. It is. I never so measure talk, that. Well, when we talk about, let's just go over pH for a second. What is it, from about 5.7, five, 5.8 five, to about 6.5? I think 6.8 is the total. Of, that's where you can absorb, the root can absorb nutrients. Has to be at those pHs. And uh, I know that there's different nutrients to get absorbed better. At, at a little bit of a fluctuation. So it's not the worst thing to have fluctuation, but just real quick, what's your optimum pH? Just just to get a, a starting point. If I'm gonna go with optimum pH for a soil system, that's whatever, you're in yep. soil, you're yep. feeding your soil, like I'm gonna go, you just want one number? Six, no, eight. Yeah, give me a, that's what I would say, six, <laughs> eight right. would be my optimum. I could, all right, I'll go with 6.75. Thank you for not being a follower, dude. <laughs> um, I did. It's interesting, though. You know, I I grew with uh, Arc Screen Technologies back in the day. It was Arc Screen Solutions then. They're two part. They were having me water in it for something. The plants did freaking great. Um, but in general, I agree with this. Less hydroponic systems, you go in less. I never checked my runoff. Is what I wanted to say earlier. Unless the plant is showing me a pro- if I have a problem. Typically, it's I know if I'm going in anywhere from six five to seven. I'm going to be good and uh, all is well. So for you, I wouldn't do anything here at Turd Fergie. Um, I think coming out at 7.3 is totally acceptable. I mean, I'm biting my tongue trying not to say it, but what makes pH much less important is using soil microbes. Um, I don't want to turn this into a recharge commercial, but when I started using recharge, I was able to, I didn't have to worry about pH so much. And that is because the soil microbes create a buffer between the plant roots and the, and, and the soil. That whole rhizosphere is where all the transactions happen and it starts working in a different way. The plants, uh, you're feeding the microbes and the microbes are attracted to the root exudates, just like we talked about before. And those transactions are made, those little nano transactions are made. It's not the same thing as just jacking uh, uh, salts right at the perfect pH so they can be absorbed directly into the roots. So it's quite a bit different. I would be curious what uh, liming agent was used in whatever soil this 50-50 co- cocoa soil mix is made up of. Um, just to, I mean, have a, have a better understanding of the soil chemistry that's going on here uh, to explain that higher pH coming out. There's something in there that is liming the 6-8 the water that's going in um, and raising that pH. Uh, might be able to neutralize that with uh, watering in a little bit more acidic 
um, nutrient solution. So you agree? Take bring it down to six, maybe for the next watering. Yeah, you could you could bring it down to six. You could probably go lower than six if you wanted to. I dig, I dig, and the Rosillus Rosillus sphere. I was trying to come up with a new name. Rosillus sphere. I'm trying to just have fun, Scotty. So deal. I seen too many, my own. Seen too many Snoop Dogg commercials. Oh, my candle just died. All right, time to go. No more Baywood and uh, and Bay and and fire fire smell. That is so dude of you. <laughs> so Better put a top on that guy here. You know what I right. do with candles? I just give them to my wife. I hope that helped out there, Turd Fergie. Um, and you have a good harvest there. I like your mix. I've been doing a lot of mixes too. He's in 50-50 cocoa soil. I do about 35-65. I think that's right. Uh, cocoa to peat. And I do a bunch of cocoa. I don't know. Two-thirds cocoa, one-third castings, or maybe a little bit of, of mix in there for a little bit of, of perlite I would add in there. But yeah, I just like leaving the peat out. Cocoa and castings. I'm talking about all these uh, ingredients, soil ingredients. Perfect transition to dogrows.com forward slash pros for all the coupon codes are listed out. Uh, whether you're getting into lighting, nutrients. Today, I wanted to talk about build a soil if you need to get some worm castings, you need to build the soil, get some soil building kits. Uh, maybe don't pay for shipping when you're getting the bigger bales. Source your peat locally if you can from the nursery or wherever, get a good peat. And then just get one of the soil building kits over here at Build a Soil. A little pack set added in. You just need a nice place to stir it up, which is always fun. Sometimes, though, peat can be compressed clumpier than others. When Are you one of those growers? You try to get rid of like most all the balls, any compressed balls, so you can just pick it up and just pure soil going through your hands. Do I seem like one of those growers? No, not at all. You're like, <laughs> the roots will take care of that later. Dude. It goes right from the bag to the... No, I'm just kidding. You do need to fluff that up a little bit. Wait, the, the hardest thing with peat is going to be getting it moist. Um, especially when you get it in the bale, most of the time it is not pre-moistened. It is compressed and dry right? and it can be really hydrophobic. So using a wetting agent or something like that can really help, uh, wetting down that peat. So you don't have any like dry pockets in your soil. Cause that's definitely something you want to avoid if you're mixing up peat from like a bale. And what is a wetting agent? Uh, like any type of saponin, easy wet from grow more. I mean, you could use palm olive if you want to, it works pretty well. Um, optic foliar transport, um, can work as a wetting agent in the soil. There's lots of different options out there. Wetting agents or saponins is what you should look for. That's that's what you're going to to your phone, man. That's all you got to do. If you're going over to buildasoil.com. Uh, use coupon code Dude Gross. Pick yourself up a soil building kit, top dress kit, all kinds of good shit. Especially if you want to reuse your soil, they even have a, a kit to reuse your soil. So good yeah. information over there as well. We did real well with them this summer. I really enjoy the end product of that organic weed we did with Build a Soil. So Ollie Mountain Fish Compost. That's what we use, right? Yep. And I mean, it's stupid easy in, yeah. in terms of just all it was was water. Don't have any water and recharge, and then some build a bloom and flower. But don't have any illusions of using that shit inside. It smelled so <laughs> rough in the beginning. I mean, thank God those terpenes volatized off. But my God, in the beginning, it was rough. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to take it into the grow here. What's going on? What's going on in the grow? Yes, sir. Um, what's going on in the bakery? You can give me a quick update. Are you done there yet as far uh, as the upgrades? Is I just... Almost done. We are almost done. But I'm looking at the freeze dryer in place, the M60 rosin bomb in place. And we're getting nice. ready. You know, we were waiting. The harvest is frozen. And we we're really waiting to get everything together. So I have good camera angles. And hopefully we'll have some guests. I know Jaron's in town. Hopefully we'll stop by. And uh, yeah, we should have some real good stuff. Again. I was playing around with that new phone app. I can show everyone like a little sneak preview for a couple seconds if we want to. No, the bomb's dirty, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll never hear the end of it. I'm not ready to unveil yet. All right. All right. I'll tell you what's going on in my growth then. I've been contemplating. You know, I got the Gorilla 5x5 tent. Hasn't landed yet. It's on the way, but as soon as these cuts root, I need to go to 12-12, so I might have to find like an in-between. I have cuttings from all three of my plants right? because I have not, I fully don't have confidence in knowing which ones are males or females yet. I'm going to flip them to flower lighting, so those cuts are going to have to get out of there, obviously. I'll be able to buy a little bit of time in a clone dome, maybe like a week or less, you know, sitting out under a different light. Um, but then I'm like, okay, we got to build this 5x5. Five five. What do you need? And I just made a quick list here off the top of my head. Um, this is everything, just full retail price. What I'm going to need, including the cost of the tent and the light, came to almost three grand. Um, so, you know, I don't think that's too crazy surprising. Some people, now this is trying to set up a tent with almost all the controls you could want. Right. A little, you know, a little geeked up, sealed environment uh, type tent. So the CO2 tank, I'm going to have a CO2 tank and regulator. Then I'm going to have a CO2 controller for that. I got the mid-grade one here priced at about $350 where I can to put my CO2 set point. I know there's cheaper ones, uh, but I want to be able to put my CO2 set point, dial it to where I want, whether it's $680 or $1,200. Just saying, looking at this set of gears that you got here, this is not just like an average. This is like a Gucci grow tent. Like this, is, this is set up just, with pretty much everything you need to be able to pull off awesome harvest and awesome quality. Yeah, I mean, when you get into CO2, that's a huge upgrade. It's like getting a turbocharger for your car. So I'm also going to have a small dehumidifier, about 180. Uh, this is important to me, too. A day and nighttime humidity controller, which apparently I'm learning more about after the show, what my nighttime BPD I should look into more. Yeah. Because you, you want your reckless, dude. What's that? I said you're being reckless, not knowing your nighttime BPD. Are you nuts? <laughs> no, no. It's been good so far. But, yeah, I, I want to check that out. Um, I priced my lighting timer at 100 bucks, right? I'm not just going to get a little tab timer to control my light cycle. I'm getting a, one that I can put in a time digitally on and off, and it's going to have a high temp shutdown built into it, even though I have a hard time finding one of those like my other one I have. Right. So that way it'll protect my grow. For some reason, something gets too hot, shuts off the light, allows you to refire it at whatever interval you want. With yeah. LED, you can keep trying to refire lights pretty quick. Hey, those um, timers, just because you mentioned it and it's a grow show, the more you're not supposed to put a bunch of amperage, meaning a lot of power through those timers, the more you do, the more stress it puts on them. And they actually kind of burn <coughs> up and knock up. They could cause a fire. These are designed for at least up to 15. So it can handle right. a Thowie. If you're running an old school Thowie through it, you should be all right. An uh, old school Thowie on 120 is nine and a half amps. I think a little bit less than that. So, and that's stressful. You can expect to burn that thing out after a while. Uh, yeah, especially if you, as you get closer and a few other things, if you get close to the 15 amp rating on most of them. But I added some people who call this a luxury device in here, um, the new Pulse monitor. I want the new Pulse monitor, the Pulse Pro, so I can have a backup. I can know what my CO2 is in there, 
And also I'll know the second I'm out of CO2. Even if I'm not at home and I'll say, oh shit, I'm gonna stop by the, the store here while I'm out and get right, my right. fresh tank. Nice. Um, so that's a good cross-reference if you have a CO2 controller, which tells you your parts per million, I always wanna have a monitor as well. That's why I'm getting the pulse monitor um, as well as all the other features that it has to monitor my environment and send me notifications. Um, my lighting, HLG 600R, that's a big expense. That was 850 bucks retail. Right. right. And lastly, my six inch inline booster fan, which I like for grow tents. They're pretty low CFM. And what I use this for is when the humidity gets out of check. So this is where I don't have a fully sealed environment. Uh, and the, if it really needs to help the dehumidifier, it kicks on at nighttime. So I got a few options with it. Sometimes I use it, sometimes I don't, um, but it's a nice way to have a little fan. Now, the booster fans for tent scouting are good. That's a grow hack tip for me because they're yeah, low CFM. What? They come in, I think four sixes and eights. I'm giving so, you grow hack of the day for that. That's fucking awesome. You're right. And they're inexpensive too. And so I'll let you know as I get that all figured out. I agree. Sometimes you can just set up a tent somewhere and have an intake and an outtake and it works good enough for to provide the dank for what you need. So I don't want to intimidate growers, uh, but when you set this all up and get everything dialed in the dance, when the dance is working, it's great. And it usually works pretty good once you're dialed in. Yeah. This is, as Guru would say, a Gucci grow room. But do you have a, you do have a dehumidifier in there? Yeah. Yeah, man. This looks beautiful. So I don't have it all sourced just yet. We'll see. We'll see. I want to get a hold of GrowZone. I dig on the GrowZone controllers. Uh, but that's about it, man. That's, I think that's about it for the show today. Grow Talk, guys. Hope you had a good time hanging out. Do grows.com forward slash support. If you did, check out how we're hooking up the DDC and how you're helping produce the show. And uh, should we do some shout outs here? Yes. You know what? I want to give it up to Josh Kemp first, man. A patron. Right on. Yes. Joshua M. Kemp. How you doing? Oh, oh man. Geez. Now people can look him up. Yes, they can. <laughs> I got the slow hands and hydro tech guy. All right. I know those kind of guys. I got space slot and smoke what? I got Moses Verde and Petey Puffin. Cave diver. Now, if that's really what you're doing in the caves, in the water, underwater, and it's not code for something else. So hardcore. <laughs> as well as crushes my cologne. All right. Yes, my cologne called the Dutch. Uh, my man Stretch and Golden Greens. I dig it. All right, stay higher, my friends. Until next time, peace out. Hey, take it easy, dude. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And with the boss man sister, take a little break. That means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. It's just weed, it's just weed In my toolbox there's a bone Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do They shake their heads at natural medicine Go ahead and try something new, new, new It's just weed, it's just weed I like to keep the good buzz on, on, on It's just weed it's just weed. I like to smoke it all day long. Yeah. Now if the big man catch you riding high, oh, we gonna lock you in a cage. No. If you wonder why he hates the dank, 
Smoking weed, I ain't done nothing wrong.